I am all set. <clears throat> Why are you always laughing at me, John? <laughs> I don't know. This, it, it, this is just like being an advisory with you. Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action, sci-fi, horror, suspense classic, Predator, one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. And with us today is a very special guest, Adam Pranica. Hey, that's me. Hey. Hey. How you doing, Adam? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. When does our minute start? <laughs> I start. Adam, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thank the you. The minute starts now. <laughs> oh, geez. We don't have a lot of time to discuss. <laughs> Quick. By my count, we have 40 seconds left. <laughs> oh, no. This is over as soon as it began. <laughs> Please bring me back next time. <laughs> uh, yeah. And thank you all for listening. This has been Predator Minute. Great having you. <laughs> Stick around. <laughs> uh, now, Adam, you join us from, uh, of course, the Greatest Gen pod- podcast on uh, MaximumFun.org. Mm-hmm. That's right. As well as several others. And, and we'll let you plug all of those a little bit later in the podcast. But uh, we do appreciate you joining us. It's very exciting to have you here yeah i'm like the ghost of podcast future for you guys <laughs> yeah it is weird it is. talking to you I'm, on the I'm official kind of a, i'm kind of a warning for you <laughs> all 17 of our listeners are going to be shocked when they hear you on here yeah <laughs> i was recognized on the street in portland last Whoa. week for the show good for you just to give you any indication of how fucked up my life is because of my podcast <laughs> that's amazing yeah oh can you curse on this show john oh all the time okay all right good r-rated movie r-rated podcast yeah, yeah that would be weird are there are there pg podcasts about r-rated films of this format Ooh, funny you should ask we just guested on one right john we, we did we did a Week long, where it was just Jeff and myself talking about Into the Night one minute at a time for <laughs> five minutes, and I had to bleep out every time Jeff cursed because you know <laughs> they didn't want him swearing on the podcast. That's what I makes have... uh, Jeff such a popular teacher, dude. That's right. <laughs> yeah, just carries. He's over. very relatable that way. <laughs> have you, Adam? Have you ever? This is a tangent. Have you ever seen Into the Night, the 1985 <laughs> thriller comedy from John Landis? By chance, uh, I don't recognize it. No. Yeah, that's the that's what both of us said, <laughs> and we were like, okay, cool, we'll do this. We'll watch this new movie we've never seen and do this. We guested like five minutes on this podcast and mainly just did like Sean Connery impressions and dude, <laughs> and <Dick laughs> dude. I'm seeing Michelle Pfeiffer, Jeff Goldblum, and Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, yeah. Dan Aykroyd wow. is more of a cameo. It's it's mostly Jeff Goldblum and Michelle Pfeiffer and yeah. just John Landis as a mute Iranian. I think angry uh, guy. Dan Aykroyd <laughs> cameo is sort of the perfect amount of Aykroyd. <laughs> If you ask me. Just a little bit. A little bit at the bottom. Yeah, he comes right in, says a bunch of sexist stuff, and then zooms right out. It's pretty perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just long enough to drop a weird conspiracy theory on the floor and <laughs> yeah. then leave. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we wanted to start off before we get to the minute, Adam, and ask you kind of what is your history with the movie Predator? Is it something that you watched growing up or um, – yeah, so what what do you have to say about the movie in general? Uh, no, I mean, I didn't grow up watching it because I was eight years old when this film came out. <laughs> mm-hmm. So would have been a 
a tough ask for me <laughs> at that age. But I, I feel like they started to show this on the USA Network uh, after a period of time. Mm. And that was, I think, the first time I saw it was the edited for TV version of the movie. <laughs> the 30 second long version, right? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much playing on repeat the, on like TBS. Uh, the and cable TNT version and is as long as your podcast, which <laughs> what, are we into our, we're into our 10th episode right now since we started, yep. right? We're just okay. going to divide these up. <laughs> okay, cool. And release them one at a time each week. I love it. Your download numbers, you're padding your download numbers. That's the problem. That's the secret. Oh, man. I need to stop making 90-minute episodes and start making one-minute episodes. <laughs> You'll sell a lot of Casper mattresses that way. <laughs> we'll end up talking about a minute for usually an hour, sometimes hour 10, yeah. hour 15. It's it's a little sometimes, nutty. Yeah, yeah it's really? weird how you just get off on a tangent sometimes. Yeah, that is weird. Um, but yeah, so I've talked about how I did see this movie way too young. It was this movie in RoboCop that I saw way too young. Mm-hmm that uh, obviously made an impression. I feel like any age is too early for RoboCop. And I mean that as a compliment. I love that movie. Yeah, I know. I know. It t- I, I didn't understand that movie till I was 35. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we just saw that at the uh, Cinerama a couple months ago. Jeff and I did. Nice. Did. Yeah. That was fun. Was fun I, don't, yeah. I, think, I think the world understands that film a little better now mm-hmm. as, as well as it ever has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, it is uh, starting to get its... Do dude respect. I mean, I think it has for a long time, but I think it's really starting to sit in the on the shelf as like the classic one of the one of the greats from the eighties, really from the last thirty years. Drop it. That are alive, you are coming with me. Do you guys prescribe to the theory of Robocop and Starship Troopers existing in the same universe on the same Ooh. timeline? Oh, because they're both Verhoeven? A while ago. Yeah, they're both Verhoeven, and Starship Troopers could plausibly be uh, a future for what we see Detroit mm. going through mm. via OCP. Oh, like OCP is like the beginning of this. Yeah, of, of uh, like the, the pseudo fascist. Yeah future of starship troopers yeah like privatized everything yeah and ooh, i i didn't before but i might now yeah i kind of have yeah. to now because then it at least gives the excuse to watch those movies with a different lens yeah also i want to see some sort of like future sequel where like jake Busey <laughs> is fighting with robocop somewhere <laughs> against alien bugs oh jeff i mean those sequels are out there They're, they went straight to video there's five of them Wait, was Jake Busey in the sequels? I think Jake Busey picked up the phone for <laughs> the sequels, guys. Oh, I don't man. know for sure, but... Yeah, but you're probably right. He's probably in all of them. Jake Busey did Starship Troopers. He did the Jodie Foster telescope movie. Oh, Contact. He's so yeah, Contact. so creepy in that but one. Then, but then what Contact? happened to him? Yeah, he was the scariest part of Contact. Yeah, he was he the was... religious zealot bomber. Yeah. Oh, He blew yeah. up the first... Uh, the first spaceship oh that's right i forgot about that yeah. he was in the predator which just came out oh he was playing the cool. he was playing the son of gary Busey's character from predator 2 oh that's awesome <laughs> i know <laughs> it was don't don't no listen no, to, it wasn't awesome keep that oh, in the I, family. Turned that, I turned that shit off after 30 minutes was, i couldn't uh, i was terrible i saw it in the theater and um oh no yeah it was it was it was not good it was not good that's one of the great disappointments of the last couple of years yeah. you would think <laughs> that shane black would would do a good job right yes. like with, with the respect yes. he has for the source material yeah and he was, he was so stoked 
Yeah, and he makes other good movies like The Nice Guys and oh, Kiss I Kiss like Bang Bang. Yeah. I love those movies. And then I don't know, it's just I don't know how you just missed it. I mean, he had all the all the opportunity, all the all the world right there just to make it happen, but he didn't. Yeah. Well, that's our story too, right? <sighs> Failure of potential, all three of us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, just hey, uh, just wanna... three Shane Blacks, really. <laughs> <laughs> That's us. <laughs> Let's talk about minute 35 from Predator. Minute 35 opens with the Predator taking in the aftermath of the camp attack. Attack! And attack! <laughs> ends with Panchito looking around the jungle. Oh, Panchito. We get a lot of Predator vision here. So we? much Predator vision, yeah. Like 56 mm. seconds, I believe, of Predator vision. Is this not the longest stretch we've had in any minute so far john i think it's uh, it must be the longest oh it, it has to be the longest because it, it is as we always say it's, it's carrying over from the last minute and the last <laughs> right. last minute was just taking in billy laughing if you mm. remember he starts to laugh and it instantly goes to his high pitch the rat 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 kind of laugh Right. So um, I'll just kind of uh, give an overview of what we see here, mm -hmm. and then we can kind of go through it and talk about different segments if we want to. But we open up on this minute with uh, Predator Vision, and he's scanning through the camp, and we get a lot of, of the cool, like, it looks like the vertical audacity soundtrack. It totally right? does, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and he's scanning around the camp, and we see dead bodies. Just bodies. We see color fading from some of the dead bodies, which is kind of cool. Later on, coming up, we're going to get a shot, the very first shot of the Predator and the reveal of his hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe I'll pause there, and we can talk a little bit about what we like about this little segment. So did you have stuff to add here, John, about kind of what we're seeing through Predator, predator Vision? Uh, I think you and I were talking about this off mic, uh, Jeff, but just the looking around the way the camera pans around and you have the distorted sounds going off the whole time along with the, um, I imagine the Predator's heartbeat is keeping track of. Not really sure. Never really find that out. But all these sights and sounds going on is, is really disorienting, I feel like, to, to myself, the viewer, and probably others while at the same time, it's, I don't know, kind of putting you into the perspective of this other that we just don't know yet, especially if you're watching this for the first time and you're not really sure what to think or what to make of it. And that's all clarified, though, when uh, the Predator's hand eventually shows up. But until then, you're just trying to make out what is he looking at or what's this entity looking at? And are all these just the same bodies that we just saw? Yeah, I... I... I really like how, as the predator is scanning across the camp, we see all the different predator vision colors, mm -hmm. the heat vision colors, and all of a sudden his hand comes into view. And, and it's like you said, we were really disoriented. We weren't quite sure what we were looking at. And all of a sudden, bam, we get that outline of his, of his hand. And it's the first time that we've actually seen the predator. Mm -hmm. uh, other than through his perspective. Mm -hmm. Adam, do you have anything for you know what we're seeing the, the thermal imagery? I know I know you all talked a little bit about it on not a little bit, but probably quite a bit on Friendly Fire when you reviewed the movie. Uh, yeah, I think I think the thing that I like best about the infrared mm. scenes—it's kind of new phrase. Kind of phrase—is that uh, I and I understand that that we don't know the answer to this question, but I do believe this is the sound of the predator's mm. heartbeat. And what I like about that theory is that his heartbeat sounds like the drum beat of an action film. Like it sounds very almost Terminator mm. yeah. in its 
in its propulsion and I, and it's like discordant and it is not like on beat or off beat at any given time it's really arrhythmic in a fun way but at the same time it's got a weird action movie underpinning sound to it which works for me which is familiar mm-hmm. to me as as an action film enthusiast uh, the other thing is is just the Florence Griffith Joiner <laughs> nails that the predator has. He in really this scene does, yeah. Is uh, <laughs> is kind of a lot. Like you wouldn't think that you know a craftsman, which is what the predator is, <laughs> right. right? He's he's turning bodies into maces with skulls mm-hmm. at the end. He's like polishing those bones. Like I don't know how he does his work with those yeah. nails. So <laughs> questionable grooming habits by the predator. I think we can agree. <laughs> Yeah, it's got to be hard to polish those skulls and skin everything with those nails getting in the way. Yeah, yeah. hard to hard to hold down a, a an actual job <laughs> by the predator. He probably wears a bunch of bandages on the fingers when it goes in for the interviews, like you would tattoos. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> no, I I cut my nails. But you make a good point here, Adam, talking about the. Uh, the, his heartbeat in the background almost acting like uh, the score of the film in that moment. Um, I really do love the sound design in this segment. Yeah. You get the, there's a bunch of layers of sound happening. It's really cool. You get the heartbeat of the Predator. You you get um, kind of that that weird sort of synthy score happening in the background. And then you get all the echoey sounds of the what we realize is the Predator replaying recordings that he's taken of... Uh, of our team mm-hmm. back through his uh, helmet or, or whatever it is. And uh, I don't know, I really like that because it just gives it like such a creepy vibe. And we've talked a lot about how we're in a moment in this movie where the genre is shifting from insane like action film into more of a kind of a slow burn uh, horror film. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this segment really helps smooth that transition all of a sudden you get kind of this perspective and the sound design changes and i don't know i think it's just a really cool way to make that shift are you someone who prescribes to the belief that the predator gains some kind (laughs) of english understanding by the replaying of these voice clips or do you think that he's playing them back at random because they're the only clips that he has of the English language and he's using it to either get attention or, or, yeah. or creep them out without knowing, without having an understanding of, of what's being said. I, I think in this moment, it is just him replaying it. Uh, but I think it is for, so that he can start to learn the language. Um, well, isn't there, wait, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't there a, a part of, is it this movie or is it in Predator 2 where he actually says, one of the Predators say something in English? Yeah, Am I making he, that up? He says, uh, at the end of Predator 2, he gives Harrigan the pistol. It's just right. like, take yeah. this or something like this. Yeah. Just heavily modulated. Like, is that the Predator's voice or like a re-recorded line? That- it always felt to me like uh, like... A, a literal form of parroting mm, where right. like a parrot doesn't know what it's saying to you. It just knows phonetically what it's right, doing. Right. And I think that's what is what's happening here in this scene. Um, I, but what I'm saying is I think that's happening for the entire film. Do you, do you think he ever turns the corner into understanding the language? Oh, I, I don't back? think so. I think uh, we see him later. Yeah, use I don't, it just I don't either. For full hunting effect when he's, is, mm-hmm. uh, he's like mocking the way that you would use a duck call mm-hmm. for, uh, mm-hmm. for right. He's, he's talking, to Dylan much later in the movie I believe after he's killed Mac or right before he's killed Mac and he can or Dylan can hear him saying over here and he's like looking for Mac and he sees him killed and Mac 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 (laughs) (laughs) Dylan 
Uh, Dylan! <laughs> Dylan! Oh, feels good to Dylan and Mac again. But, <laughs> but, but to your point, Adam, you mentioned something like, uh, almost ro- like robotic in this. When he's looking around, it, you know, it might as well be a robot vision up until you see the hand show up. Um, it's very yeah. cinematic. Right before the hand shows up, this little vertical audacity lifts up, lifts out of frame to give you the full frame effect of this. Oh, yeah. This, uh, man, I can't remember the name of the 90s band. I think it had sisters in it. And then she has like super long fingernails. But you see this nailed hand come in and <laughs> sc- scoop up and you're going, oh, my God, like, look at this crazy hand. Like, this is not a robot vision. This is some kind of alien vision. So you may, you might even have a genre shift right within this vision scene from, oh, I think it's maybe some sci-fi robot to, oh, a sci-fi alien, perhaps, or sci-fi monster. Yeah, because all we've gotten is like, we've gotten some Predator Vision before mm-hmm. this, but other than that, it's just waving leaves, you know, like we haven't even gotten the shimmer that we see mm-hmm. later on. So we really, for the first time viewers of this movie, we have no idea what this creature looks like until we get a tiny glimpse right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah to have the first the first instance of, of knowledge of this creature be POV felt and feels very unique. Yeah, and, and at first you might be freaking out like, oh my God, it's a monster hand. Then you're thinking, oh, like I, that's supposed to be my hand as a viewer? I, d- I don't know. It's like, it's it's a really <laughs> right. unique kind of uh, killer perspective, killer POV where you're seeing exactly what they're seeing, but the music really calms down after it first makes the entrance, after that hand first shows up. You hear the sting and then it just kind of calms down. Everything quiets down a little bit before the, the scene change uh, back to the, oh, yeah. the actual vision. And then... I love that sting in the score. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a good sting. Like, <laughs> hey, this is the first time you're seeing anything beyond just the predator vision. Now you're seeing like a, a piece of the predator. Yeah, and he's holding that poor scorpion. Yeah, yeah. Adam, uh, we were talking about it last minute, but that scorpion actually died in the making of this movie. Mm-hmm. It's the one oh, no. real yeah. casualty of, of predator. Yeah, this was uh, not a film with that credit at the end that says the ASPCA <laughs> no. has monitored the treatment of all animals and insects. Right. No. Stab the shit out of that bug. Yeah, <laughs> McTiernan seems kind of gleeful when he talks about that in the in the commentary. He's like, "No, that that's something we killed." There was definitely a harming of of a creature for this movie. Was that a scorpion that they brought in, or that they found in the jungle? You Ooh, think? that's a good question. When I did my research, uh, there was a scorpion species that is native to Mexico, Central America, that looks like that. The It's like a black-edged scorpion, I think is, is the name. I was talking about that last minute. And yeah, it's non-fatal. It just kind of gives you more or less like a big bee sting when it stings you. You know, the thing about an edge scorpion <laughs> is that it, it makes you think it's going to sting you for a long time. And then you just sit in anticipation, like... Like waiting for it. And that's that's sort of what makes you feel like feel the most when it finally happens. You huh? have to go sting yourself away from the scorpion just to feel it. Uh. Yeah. yeah. Just to like get just to get over the hump. Yeah. I feel like it's stinging you emotionally before it stings you physically. Right. Boy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean because uh that's a big part of it. You know? Oh, what a tease. Poor, poor Scorpion. Yeah. Uh, John, you mentioned something in your notes about how uh, if we're going to get a little uh, nerd, you know, nerdy calling out uh, some errors nerds. in the film. That, <laughs> nerds. Nerds. <laughs> that uh, this shot of the Scorpion doesn't actually look the way it should look in, in uh, uh, heat vision. No, scorpions are, yeah, scorpions are cold-blooded, so it would not be giving off the same body heat. I mean, it is like a bright white, then red smush on there, and it only turns, it only seems to lose its heat after 
predator picks it up if anything would be the opposite it would be it would be cold lying dead there because it's a cold-blooded creature and then after predator picks it up because if you can see the predator's hand is plenty red given off the heat then it would absorb even the dead cold blood did you immediately get on imdb when you found that out and write a strongly worded (laughs) post i should because it's one of the one of those few like IMDb goofs that's not on there. I'm super surprised that oh, I've I, I been double checked on a on a website that showed different creatures in Heat Vision and the scorpion is being held up in Heat Vision. It's a live scorpion and it's dark blue, the same color as the background against someone's orange and red body heat. Mm. Did they cut out the scene where the predator takes out a couple of tweezers and like removes the skull oh, of the yeah. scorpion and, and polishes it and like he gives a little roar puts it in it like sets it into a ring like a like a jewel oh my god that would have been amazing he's using why his didn't tiny little why didn't shane black do that in his remake can't you see the predator holding like the tweezers with the tips of his claws yeah god, no imagine not. what dexterity that's why you don't hire the predator to work in like a lab yes. or something he's not going to be able to to work the like tweezers to edit really now. old film where you... he's not going to be able to change the uh, the lenses and the microscope <laughs> no. but they had to have predator scientists right to build predator spaceships and design predator weapons you would think mm. yeah Maybe they maybe they cut their fingernails. Yeah, I, maybe they truly are like the more civilized because like they're coming across. He's coming across <laughs> this battle, well, not even a battleground, just more like a mop up scene of eighty dead guys and a crushed, harmless scorpion. This guy's definitely a blue collar predator. Yeah, you got the well, white collar predators doing the science back home. Right. We've <laughs> talked about how we've hypothesized that perhaps this is just like a dick predator yep. who's like a big, <laughs> who's like a big game hunter who just went out somewhere and just killing indiscriminately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's great that's great if that's the case he's got what he gets what's coming to him right yeah, that's true he runs into arnold yeah mm. um all right well so after we get the reveal of the predator hand here it we cut away from the predator vision and we just get a few seconds of poncho holding his gun looking up into the leaves no dialogue not a whole lot to add for that last little bit of the minute did you have anything to add there john about poncho well n- nothing about what i'm seeing on screen but uh director john mctiernan his commentary he says this segment that we're about to see that ends this minute and goes the whole next minute is uh, i believe the first thing that he filmed for this movie um and you're going to oh, you're going to see the next minute when it's just purely the team kind of heroically making their way through the jungle. Just everybody has a little pause and swivel to the camera as the camera's moving around them and sometimes going to foreground, going to background and tracking them mm. through the jungle. Well, I'm excited for next minute. We see like all the team, don't we? Yeah, we see the whole team next minute, but I don't want to spoil that. But I'm really happy to be doing this minute, you guys. <laughs> We're happy to have you, Adam. Like I think all the other minutes are to come. Not as good as this one. This is the best. It couldn't be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you see that beautiful nailed hand. You see the first the first uh, time we see the predator on screen, which is really neat. And watching it, you know, thirty times in a row this minute, uh, I, I am totally flashing forward to movies like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two, where you see like the Toka and Razor big creatures with the the nailed hands and such, and just totally taken to other movies I've seen as a kid, like that were kid appropriate, where they're giant monsters and you know <laughs> costume people in monster costumes with the yeah. gloved hands and the 
Yeah, the scary protrusions. And minus all the gory deaths. Yeah, minus all the gory yeah. deaths. Well, w- the one thing of note in this last little section is we get a jump back into the kind of the, w- what we've deemed is the walking through the jungle score. Mm-hmm. Right? Jungle trek. Yeah, the jungle trek. Yeah. So that's kind of cool that we get that coming back and that's going to carry on into the next one. All right. Well, that kind of brings us to the end of the minute. John, did you have anything, any other tidbits to add that we uh, left off? Or Adam, did you have anything else to add about this minute? Uh, yeah, I wanted to say about Poncho that he is, he's low key, I think, one of the real fun characters mm-hmm. in the film. Like, I think the ensemble does a good job in making each person have kind of a distinguishing characteristic except for Pancho. Mm. Mm. And and what distinguishes Pancho to me in a way that I really like is that he's often the setup man comedically for guys like Blaine and everyone else. Like mm-hmm. he's never the guy with the punchline, he's always the guy with the setup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I really like that about him. I think it says something about him as a person and maybe even as a soldier uh, that he's so willing to do that all the time. Yeah. I I kind of dug him. Yeah, we talked about, so with uh, Blaine's classic uh, line, you know, ain't got time to bleed. I I kind of said that my favorite part of that sequence is when he's like, ain't got, you got time to duck? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, like, yeah. His reaction yeah. to that line is almost funnier than the line, you know? Mm-hmm. Poncho's the guy who, like, he gets home alone trapped at mm-hmm. the end. <laughs> And he lives, yeah. right? And then they got to like stretch room to a helicopter. I love that he's not too proud to beg for his <laughs> Yeah, life. I remember you saying oh, that on the like, Friendly Fire podcast. He's not like the, yeah. you go on without me. He's like, I can make yeah. it. <laughs> Get me yeah. the fuck out no, of here. I'm kidding. <laughs> that really, yeah, I love that about him. Super yeah, cool. he, he unfortunately, like for such an awesome character, I feel like he goes out the worst in this movie. Um, even even Hawkins has that great slasher death of just being, you know, sliced right in front of a, a witness who, who sees, sees a lot of the actors in this film, mm-hmm. too. Uh, not great <laughs> reputations for a variety of reasons. <laughs> right. Haven't really read too many bad things about Richard Chavez. I could be wrong. No, he was, but, he was uh, an actual Vietnam vet. Um, who saw yeah. combat and who the casting director, Jackie Burt, saw in a Vietnam play in Los Angeles called Tracers. Wow. And then she said, oh, we we need to have this guy. This guy knows knows wow. what he's doing. He knows what it's all about. And I think he even co-wrote that play, if I remember correctly. Oh, that's cool. Nice casting. Yeah, we, did we, a great job. we've loved Richard Chavez throughout this movie. He, he has good rapport with, it seems like, everybody, which... Yeah. Is, is important to have on a squad and um, Dutch really leans on him a few times to say, you know, you're taking lead here and among other things and go chase down that those last two rebels uh, when they're mopping up the rebel camp. <laughs> He's so not flashy. Like yeah. I've watched this movie a thousand times and like, he's never going to be anyone's favorite mm-hmm. or, or even the most memorable in the top five, mm-hmm. if you're ranking them like that. But, but that's what every, Every ensemble film needs a glue guy like this. Yeah. And he's definitely there. Yeah, when I first revisited the film for this project, I I was telling John, I was like, you know, we Poncho came up in one of our episodes and I was like, you know, I don't have a lot to say about Poncho. I kind of forgot he was in this movie till I rewatched it. And then as we've gone through and revisited it minute by minute, I've he's really kind of grown on me as uh, as one of the great uh, additions of this crew. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. How about you bring me back for a minute 69? <laughs> nice. Perfect. <laughs> nice. I think I think I would really appreciate that. We can do that. We can do that.
Okay. <laughs> we'll have to, re- we'll have to just, record. It's just the down. predator being being crushed under a log. <laughs> I'm not going to get that lucky, am I? Nice. No, that's that's not so much later. That's a uh, minute. Yeah. What is that? 100, maybe minute 100, I think. We'd, wow. we'd have to record in person, laying down head to toe <laughs> with, the, with the mics. <laughs> Why is it so muffled? Yeah. <laughs> Can do, yeah, yeah. We're all we're all giving and receiving that episode. Wow, the audio quality on this episode really went to shit. But it sounds like everyone's happy though. <laughs> oh, for my weekly recommends, I recommend this. <laughs> yeah, my we my weekly recommend is kind of a classic. <laughs> Something you all talked about in middle school. <laughs> wow! All right. that, that really escalated. I like quickly. to add a pinky. <laughs> <laughs> Call that a seventy. All right, let's throw it to the weekly recommend. So each week we <laughs> talk about oh I don't know a favorite movie you've seen lately or TV show you just have to talk about or. Who knows? Well, maybe a, you read a book. You read a book. Good what? job. Or you listened to a podcast or you tried on some new shoes. Hey. <laughs> but Adam, you're our guest. So w- what is something that you could recommend for our listeners? Oh, I have got to recommend a podcast. Mm. Uh, I think that you could do no better in your life. And look, I'm going to set aside this great podcast <laughs> and my own great podcasts and recommend to you a podcast called Doughboys. Mm. Oh. Hosted by Nick Weiger and Mike Mitchell, mm-hmm. uh, it's the it's the podcast about chain restaurants, but it is about so much mm. more. <laughs> it is it is maybe maybe thirty percent of the enjoyment of that show is about chain restaurants in any way. The rest of it is just a slow descent into the nightmarish relationship that. <laughs> <laughs> that Nick and Mitch have over the course of hundreds of episodes. It is amazing. It's it's my favorite show. I listen to it a couple of times every week. Wow. I re-listen to episodes wow. that I love. Um, a lot of the backstory between them can be gleaned over, like, I would say if you listen to one episode and you don't love it, it's a little bit of a slow burn because it's a it's really the force of personality that makes the show great Mm -hmm. uh so i would just choose a couple of chain restaurants that you like and then listen to them rate and review them and then uh and then expand your downloads from there but uh doughboys the podcast is going to be my weekly nice good recommend i've listened to some doughboys uh episodes and the relationship between those two you described it perfectly I, the very first one I listened to, I feel like Nick came on and said something, and immediately Mitch was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> fuck you!" <laughs> it's it's so great. I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I love them so much, and and they're starting to go out and do live shows now, mm-hmm. and their live shows cannot be missed. They're all that energy and more, and they have great guests too. They book uh, comics and writers and uh, and friends. Uh, they're just. They do a great job booking the show as well. So nice. Very cool. Definitely don't miss it. Awesome. Awesome. Jeff, you have uh, something to recommend for the listeners? Uh, yeah. So my recommend this week is a little uh, unconventional, I guess. Well, not so much. I'm going to recommend uh, a movie, actually, a few movies. But um, 
I'm going to recommend the films of S. Craig Zoller. Um, Are you... these horror movies? Just to interrupt real quick. No, not what? Not specifically. They're more like uh, violent genre action films. Oh, good, good, good. Uh, oh, he's the Bone Tomahawk he's the bone guy. Bone Tomahawk guy. Oh. Yeah, have either of you seen Bone Tomahawk or Brawl in Cell Block 99? A person with questionable taste <laughs> recommended Bone Tomahawk to me, and that's why I haven't seen it. But but you're someone with impeccable taste, <laughs> well, and so I think I might give it a try. So his films are uh, an interesting breed of film, and, and all of his movies are long. They're all always over two hours long, which immediately normally puts me off. Um, and they are also... I mean, he's really edging you, it sounds like. <laughs> Going back to episode I 69, I see. Uh, oh! Yeah. Um, but, uh, and one of the things that has grabbed me about his films, though, are his characters and his writing, his dialogue, and then the fact that they are punctuated by extreme violent scenes. Um, just for whatever reason that that grabs my attention and uh mm -hmm. if you've ever seen bone if you've never seen bone tomahawk that's a fantastic film it is a western for 80 percent of the movie starring kurt russell which is mm -hmm. awesome right there and then in the last man 20 percent of the film it goes pure insane horror um and the long slow burn build to it is totally worth it so Bone Tomahawk is a recommend. His next film is called uh, Brawl in Cell Block 99, starring Vince Vaughn. It is mm -hmm. a complete uh, throwback genre film reminiscent of like 70s exploitation prison movies. And it is about Vince Vaughn basically working his way through the prison system and fucking people up. <laughs> um, there's a purpose behind it that I don't want to give away, um, but it is that movie blew my mind i the, for the first 45 minutes it's the setup to him going to prison and then when he gets to prison it just goes full throttle and uh i love that movie um and then he just released a brand new movie that's called dragged across concrete um and <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> right the, the title there uh is a is a fair warning um mm -hmm. jeff do these titles like i think it's interesting it's interesting that there's like a late motif here where like there is probably a bone tomahawk and bone tomahawk right and then yes. there's a brawl yes. in brawl and cell block 99 sure. yeah there's gonna be a guy dragged across concrete right. and dragged across concrete, and, uh, right? And here's my here's my caveat to this recommend is I have not watched all of uh, Dragged Across Concrete yet. I watched the. Did you get to the part where they dragged <laughs> no. a guy across there's concrete? No okay. violence yet. I've only watched 30 minutes of it, and I had, oh. I had to stop. It's edging. It's so edgy. I had to stop because it was getting too late, and I have children, so I can't stay up too late anymore. You can't go to bed that quick. <laughs> Right, they have to go to bed sometime, Jeff. I had to go finish myself and then... You're never going to be able to roll over. <laughs> I slept under you're not a, a, a... Yeah, you, you're not a stomach sleeper that no, night. I slept under a self-made tent. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, nice. I, the 30 minutes of this film that I did see totally grabbed me and sucked me in, so I, I will be finishing it mm. soon. So, anyway, it's a trilogy of violence and despair. Check it out, everybody. Wow. <laughs> All right. Oh, that up, John. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, uh, I saw Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and I really hey, liked. I heard, I heard Shazam was not for kids. Did you get that? Oh, it was 100% for middle school kids. I teach middle schoolers, yeah. and it was 100% made for middle school boys, and I loved it, so I'm about that level. <laughs> just <laughs> all the jokes. I mean, it's, it's just big with a, mm-hmm. uh, a superhero twist, and there's even a very obvious uh, callback to big. And, oh, cool. Yeah, so I, I, would, I would recommend that. It's good to be in the theaters. And... So Shazam fucks? Is that, is that the big callback? <laughs> That's the only big callback I can remember. That's worth doing. I'm just a kid, right? Uh, no, he does not. I'll, I'll, <laughs> there, there's something else from Big. Shazam has no idea where the clit is, right? Like, he's got to be terrible. He just says Shazam and hopes that it happened. <laughs> Uh, you'll just you know, have if to you watch. dial if you dial down his lightning fingers a little bit, I could see that <laughs> being a nice device. Uh, Shocker, I know. John, we've we've defiled your recommend. <laughs> oh no, defile away. It's it's, <laughs> it's predator minute. That's uh, what we do. <clears throat> nope, that, that's that's that was mine. Shazam, right. go see Shazam. It's a fun comic book movie. Shazam, Shazam. <laughs> All right. Well, does that wrap things up, John? I think that wraps up our recommends for right now, but mm-hmm. uh, Adam, where can we uh, find you outside of this wonderful episode and uh, episode 69 later on of Predator Minute? Oh, thank you. Thank you for <laughs> uh, for guaranteeing that reappearance. Yeah. It's recorded. Renewing me for another episode, episode 69. I will be back <laughs> for episode 69. Uh, you can hear my three podcasts over at MaximumFun.org. Oh, it's three uh, now. Yeah, uh, one that I'm really excited about right now is called Friendly Fire. It's a podcast mm-hmm. about war films, but uh, outside of discussing the war film itself, uh, its hosts are uh, are me and John Roderick and Benjamin Harrison, and uh, we kind of find that the war film is an interesting technology to see how a country views itself, both at the time of the conflict the war is de- the film is depicting, mm-hmm. and also like retrospectively uh, the differences between how a country views itself uh, in that time and at the time of the film's release. So there's like a lot, a really fertile ground there that I think has been surprising and good and also really funny. Like the show is Mm -hmm. way funnier than I thought it would be. Uh, when we were sketching it out. I, so. I, uh, I'm a fan of Friendly Fire. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, so everyone out there, oh, thanks, do give guys. it a listen. It is a fantastic show. And you I think you recommended it, Jeff. Didn't you recommend it a few it, weeks ago? It was one of my weekly recommends, yeah. yeah. Um, well, we got a nice little pop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's called the Predator Minute Bump. Yeah. <laughs> oh, John, listen to us now. Yeah. Uh, and you guys recently yeah. did a Predator episode, correct? You did, a Pork we Chop did. movie. That was... Uh, that was last month. Nice. We uh, we gave it the business. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I think I rated it the highest of my of course you did. of my yeah. co-hosts. Yeah. But I I truly have a lot of affection for it. Awesome. Yeah, uh, I listened to quite a few episodes recently, and I really enjoyed probably the downfall episode the most. When you're talking about yeah. how a country views itself, and then how a country views that movie or itself through that movie's lens, I, I was just yeah. fascinated by that conversation and just all the ways that um that thinking can go yeah there are a lot of uh a lot of fun conversations to be had around those themes especially now mm-hmm. so 
at this moment in time in world history. So, uh, and I also host two Star Trek themed podcasts. One of them is The Greatest Generation, uh, that started as a show about Star Trek: The Next Generation, and is now taking episode by episode uh, Deep Space Nine. We're in uh, season four of that right now. Wow. Uh, and then uh, my third show is called The Greatest Discovery, and that is a show about the CBS show Star Trek Discovery, which is really good. Oh. So check that out if you enjoy that. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, I listened to Greatest Gen on uh, co-host Jeff's here recommend uh, quite a few years ago. That was when, what, the third Star Trek, J.J. Abrams movie came out i don't know if it, was, yeah. it wasn't james abrams yeah. or jj abrams i think wasn't that james Wan at the time for the third yeah one? yeah yeah Did, is that the but one that, we saw together yeah that's the one we saw together and yeah. he recommended greatest gen i didn't know that was you adam and then i listened <laughs> to it and i thought oh my god i know adam pranica that's <laughs> i went to high school with that guy he was in my advisory oh that's, that's amazing oh it's just crazy how oh, we're like man, closing crazy. the loop now and like yeah i don't know who's bruce willis but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh we are setting up live show tours uh that will begin in at the end of May. We don't have dates nice. yet. Are you gonna do Seattle? Uh, firmed up. Uh yeah, Woot. that's the plan. Nice, nice. Awesome. You guys will have to come. Yeah, we'll have to come. We'll, Absolutely. we'll promote it on the show. We'll give you another We'll give you another bump. Don't worry. Gotta have that bump. bump. Don't put me over the edge though. Make sure you uh <laughs> <laughs> make sure you keep it going guys you'll only need the edge as they say on the commercial <laughs> oh, alright okay. yeah everyone check out Adam's other podcasts where can people find you Jeff where can they find me I'm on the Twitter uh, there you K, are Carl underscore capital H Hungus 314 my name is Carl H been expert mm-hmm. there I am my name is Carl H been expert my name is Carl H been expert Love that. <laughs> I'm here to fix the cable. <laughs> here to fix the cable. To fix the Are cable. all of your episodes as pornographic as this one? Oh, this is the most porny. Okay. Yeah, this is this shot right to the top. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> we're really glad you could be here for this, Adam. We, Me too. I don't think you're ever going to put this out. I'm afraid you're not going to. <laughs> it's going to be like the Predator edited for, you know, CBS version. <laughs> oh, that was actually a minute long. That was crazy. This episode is hard R. <laughs> this is a hard R in more ways than one. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, it means that you can find uh, fellow listeners of this podcast on Facebook, Predator Minute Listeners Palapa. Target the center of the Palapa. Target the center of the Palapa. Target the center of the Palapa. You can find us on Twitter at Predator Minute. You can send any uh, comments, complaints, complaints, concerns about today's <laughs> today's guest uh, at PredatorMinute at gmail dot com. No, just just kidding, Adam. It's been, it's been awesome having you on. I, I can't thank you enough. It's I was been, I was yeah. hoping you weren't going to give out my email address. <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Direct your comments to John and Jeff, please. <laughs> oh man, that would have been the ultimate dick move. <laughs> uh, yeah, just contact Adam at Edgeman sixty nine at <laughs> gmail dot com. Uh, you know I'm an Edgeman from back in the day. <laughs> An OG Edgeman. Yeah. OG Edgeman. Hey, it's the Edgeman. <laughs> John knew me in high school. Place. He knows. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I knew the edge, man. Uh, but this is <laughs> this is. Uh, mostly been minute 35 of Predator Minute. And <laughs> until next time, I'm John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. And I'm Adam Pranica. <laughs> and until next time. Stick around. Stick around. It is now safe to close the tab. I, <laughs> I'm all set. <clears throat> Why are you always laughing at me, John? <laughs> I don't know. This, it, it, this is just like being an advisory. With oh you. man, it, it just it just takes me back. Yeah, we're <laughs> you and uh, who is it? Dan? Is that his name? Yeah, Dan Jordan. Yeah, you guys were like the the two seniors when I was a junior, and then I was the one junior guy <laughs> or the one senior guy. <laughs> so it kind of inherited that of you know having to be a little bit jokey and such. But yeah, you guys were just always cracking jokes. It was great. That was uh, great memories there and. Uh, East you Lake. were our our best and only audience <laughs> because we were in an advisory where like we we had some cools in our advisory. Yeah, and mm. I'm not going to speak for you, John Zabriskie, <laughs> but me and Dan were not that. <laughs> <laughs> and so they would like the beautiful people would go off and do cool, beautiful things, mm-hmm. and Dan Jordan and I would put uh, one of those giant uh, construction cones <laughs> right. on, a, on a tree in our green belt. <laughs> <laughs> you guys gave it, it a name so and everything. Bad. It was it was crazy. What, do you remember the name? I don't remember the name you gave it. Oh, I think we called it Dick. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, we put we put this helmet head on the top yes, of a yes. like cut down tree in our school's green belt, and so it also had the flashing light. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it would be out there day and night outside of our advisory window. We hot glue gunned fern fronds to it to to make yes. it blend in, but there was nothing obscuring that flashing light. <laughs> That's like how when they paint trees on the side of a water tower, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or uh, sometimes in LA, you'll see like cell towers that are painted green and covered oh, in moss. They do yeah. that down there. Yeah, yeah. And except it was Dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Very bushy. Very bushy. <laughs> oh. It's like when I manscape. It's like I miss one. There's just like a leaf flying yeah. off to the left. Very bushy. Yeah. Very yeah, very, very asymmetrical bush over there. <laughs> and then I screw up and it just you ends know, up all coming off. And then Asymmetrical you know. hairstyles are really in right now. So that's probably, it's it's too bad you're off the market. Uh, <laughs> It'd probably be, be very cool. i trendy. That's a, Whoops, yeah. back into that one. That's my style. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Uh, we're going to talk some Predator yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> Among other things, I guess. But, um, yeah, probably.